0: Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma,
1: and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all?
0: (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at... Nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our
1: expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world, or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey, how How do you do you? i got fat fingers and i don't <laughs> want to talk about it it's not nice it's it's something i've had to live with it's not a big deal i've been called they've been called pickle fingers my entire life <laughs> because my uncle has pickle fingers my grandma has pickle fingers and my dad has i've pickle never fingers. heard pickle fingers. and we say these are our pickles well it could be gherkins
0: gherkins are the tiny pickles it's shivap, Maybe chichi. you have gherkins for toes. I have gherkins
1: for toes. No, you know how sad it is. Yes, and I don't fit into your ring, and it doesn't fit me anywhere. I could probably put it on my toe. It'd be a beautiful pinky ring, a pinky toe ring, pinky toe ring. Just a couple carrots. Yeah, on my side toe. Ah, gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. Not a flip flop. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Maybe you can make
0: it like a Croc charm. A
1: Croc charm. <laughs> what are those called? My toes would stick out of the Crocs. A Croc charm. I think that's oh. that's all it's called. I think they're called something real. <laughs> Speaking of Crocs, kind of Post Malone has a set of Crocs that I love and I want really bad. Oh, Don't roll so your eyes. Ugly. I want them. Speaking of Post Malone, Post Malone is going to be a dad.
0: Ah. I just
1: saw it on E News on my way over here. Speaking of being a parent, yes. Access to abortion. Access to abortion. <laughs> fucking Terrifying. Fucking terrifying.
0: I just don't want to go through this without mentioning that we are well aware of what's going on and that we obviously support everyone's access to abortion. And I did learn today on TikTok that there are like some different online care options where they will send you abortion care. Mm. Um, And so it's like all virtual, all that kind of stuff. So just keep that in mind if you're somewhere where um, that is threatened, which is everywhere. Which is everywhere
1: and terrifying and awful um so yes thank you for marking that yeah
0: um this is honey doobie post malone.
1: podcast <laughs> i'm emma and
0: i'm cass
1: and we care about a range of a issues range. pickle fingers <laughs> children post malone your right to not have children yes <laughs> and that is the podcast goodbye goodbye no we're here we have a whole fucking episode I'm for you i'm yanking your balls i'm yanking your balls um Feel free to also watch, well, I was going to say watch us yank your balls, but I mean that in terms of like watch us do this interview Mm -hmm. on YouTube because we also put all of our episodes on YouTube. Yeah. It's very fun. It is very fun. And if they're ever a day late, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're busy
0: ladies. I'm trying my very best. I try and get them up same time that this episode releases, but you know. But you know, welcome to the life of a businesswoman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, let's talk about what we're doing this week. We're being single, we're being single and sufficient. Uh huh. We are talking with Shaney
0: Silver. Oh my God, is she just about like the coolest person and
1: ever. a force to be reckoned with oh if you ever shame a single person? And I mean that as in like a single... Somebody who is single. Yeah, person. (laughs) Because Shani will put them in their damn place. Yeah, she'll call
0: you a motherfucker and then she'll push you down. Tell you to get fucked. (laughs) And get fucked. (laughs) And that is
1: the only energy we're looking for. We love talking about relationships and love and everything, Mm -hmm. but we also want you... And everyone, and so does Shaney to be in yeah. love with your life if you're single and not wanting to date or in between dating. And that's what Shaney talks about in the mm-hmm. most beautiful, empowering, and terrifying, because she's so powerful, way. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: There, you can be empowered whether or not you're in a relationship. You can be sexually empowered regardless of how much experience you have. And she gets into all of that, I think. Like, when I was single before the relationship that I'm in, I really wish that I had heard from Shaney because I think that would have been a very, very, very different experience. And this conversation really impacted me as well as somebody who is in a relationship. Because, one, you never know how long your relationship's going to last. I hope this one lasts forever. (laughs) But, you know, you just never know. And, two, I think, like, I am still an individual in a relationship. And so it's like there are things to take away. Spread your eggs. Yeah. Not that that I'm trying to make this about me because this is not just for people in relationships. It's (laughs) almost not at all
1: about people in relationships. But stick <laughs> around because it's important for you too. <laughs> Almost not at all. But yeah, it, it was a really good wake-up call because I feel like I'm I'm deep in my season of singlehood. Mm-hmm. And, um Easy. <laughs> deep and dusty. <laughs> Just shady Shainy. <caning>. shady <laughs> I have someone else to arrest. <laughs> um, And it's easy for me to slip into this like, I still don't have someone type of mm-hmm. mentality where every day, like I'll, Think of something that would have been fun to do with a partner. But Shaney will slap that right out of you mm-hmm. and be like, go live your fucking life. Slap you on the puss and get you going on your way. Get you going. I don't know. Uh, Sorry, with Shanie. no further ado,
2: <laughs> here's Shaney. <laughs> well, my name is Shaney Silver. Um, just introduced myself as a writer and podcaster. And the work that I do specializes in helping single women live their lives fully with permission to enjoy them free of shame, free of failure narratives, free of any of the nonsense that doesn't really take into account what the life of a single woman is actually like and, um, can sort of compound the negative aspects of it. So I really, I hope what I do for a living is help single women feel better in a nutshell. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. So I found your TikTok. um, And that is the video that like sparked my like, oh, I love this person. Oh, my gosh. They're speaking to my heart as a single woman. Um, And you also wrote a book, right? The Single Revolution. I love your title. Don't look for a match light one. So can you explain a little bit about that book as well?
2: Of course. Yeah. A Single Revolution is essentially all of my work in one volume. It is designed to be the foundation for feeling better about your single life. It's everything. I held nothing back. This is the entire farm in one book. If you are single and dating and miserable about one or both of those things, this is the book you need to read. It's not going to tell you that you have to give up on love or choose singlehood or marry yourself, whatever the fuck that... I'm sorry. Can I swear? Oh, my God. Oh, yes. my God. Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Um, whatever Whatever marrying yourself means, which I still don't understand, and it just gives me such ick, but you, you get to live happily single and... Remain open and look forward to your future relationships at the same time. And I don't think that's been something that we've had permission to do or have ever been encouraged to do. You do not have to feel like shit about your singlehood until it's over. And I want to make sure that single women know that. So I wrote a book giving us that permission and showing us how. So that's why A Single Revolution exists. Um, And I hope it's just a helpful, a helpful tool. I wanted to be sitting on the couch with every single woman who was upset and miserable and frustrated and angry and I couldn't be. So I sent the book there.
0: So I think it's really important to name things and you started to go into that a little bit because when we don't name them we don't always necessarily have the words for them but what are some of the things that society tells single women or like says about single women?
2: Oh what's wrong with you? Society asks single women what's wrong with you? If you don't have a partner by the time, we say you should have a partner, but not too soon because that's too soon and not too late because then you're a Spencer and an old maid. But if you don't have a partner when we think you should have a partner, what's wrong with you? Why are you causing your singlehood? What is wrong with you? How, how are you someone who is undesirable? How are, you make, how are you repelling men or women? How are you repelling what you want? You're repelling what you want because if you want it, you should have it, and if you don't, it's your fault. How are you repelling the things that you want? That's what's told to single women. And it ignores what dating is actually like. It ignores what dating has actually become. It ignores that dating is two halves of something coming together as opposed to just one going into the world as fucking bait. Like, it, it's, it's, a, it's a cruelty. In my mind, it's a cruelty because dating has not turned out to be what was sold to us when we were young. And that hasn't been taken into account in the ways that we talk about, think about, and treat single women. So I would like us to demand more of the world. And until we get it, we're going to have to give more to ourselves and we're going to have to reflect back a much more positive view of singlehood than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm.
1: It is so aggressive when, like, you're out in the world as a single human being. And I feel like everything that gets thrown at you is negative. And if you find the positive, you've, like, found this empowerment in this like small little niche of like the internet or blogs or something. It's like, oh, how to claim your singlehood, but it's not necessarily just given to you. There's always like this narrative of what you're saying something wrong. Or also on your website, you were talking about how like single women are unfinished in society. Like they're not a whole person until they're attached to another person. And you're constantly trying to like finish and fill in the gaps until you're someone with Find someone. your other half. Yeah.
2: Yeah, as if you're missing, like, a, a chunk of you. Mm-hmm. But it's not you. It's someone else. It never made much sense to me. And it's all, I mean, go back as far as you want. It's incredibly patriarchal in nature. Everyone feels much better about a woman who's tethered and nicely tucked into a neat little box that we've built for her. Um, and even when I'm in relationship, I don't want to feel like I'm neatly tucked into a little box. I never want to feel settled down or or anything. I never want to feel quieted or tamed the way the world has seen, has seen coupling and marriage as it pertains to women. And, and the, the opposite of that is like someone who isn't married or tethered is this like wild, unpredictable, very dangerous, witch. which I'm not saying I'm not, but like, it's, I don't want to ever feel, I don't want to ever feel like my life has been limited by couplehood. I would like to think that my life has only been expanded by couplehood. And until I find a couplehood that gives that to me, I just won't have one because my singlehood doesn't suck. So I don't have to.
0: Mm-hmm. That was really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, another like narrative I feel like I hear is that like the worst thing that can happen is that you're going to die alone. Like you have to find somebody <laughs> so that you don't die alone. Can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that?
2: <laughs> Oh, sure. All day, if you like. Um, So listen, the only way to not die alone is to die first. And so I find the narratives of you don't want to die alone incredibly um, degrading, insulting. And mostly it's insulting to the elderly because anyone who's saying, oh, you don't want to die alone, I guarantee you has never spent a day inside a nursing home, not one day. And we should all spend many, many more days than we're spending. Because no one's spending time there. They're empty. Except for the elderly that are there. And they're not there in pairs. They're not there in couples. They are there in communities of fellow elderly. So who we're with when we die, and think that this won't be you all you want, but whatever. um, It's going to be a community of people who are like us. And it's not going to be this notebook fantasy of dying on the exact same day as your lifelong partner. That's fantasy. If it happens to you, mazel. But, like, it's fantasy. Everybody dies in either a community with their family or a community with, and this is more likely, I think, a, a community of fellow elderly. And I see it very disrespectful of the elder community when words like, you don't want to die alone are thrown out as some kind of a threat. Like, how dare you? Like, a life, if I die alone, sorry, When? I die alone. Um, It's going to be after a life of hard work and contributing to society and creativity and community and love and respect. It's going to be at the end of a lot of amazing things and to somehow insinuate that it will be lesser or that it will suck because I won't have a ring on my finger and a husband by my side holding my hand Get fucked. Yeah. Die alone is so limiting and so insulting. And, and using that to put fear into single women's hearts is so disgusting and limiting and misleading and cruel and degrading and demeaning. I mean, how many other unsavory words to fly out of my mouth? Mm-hmm. But don't threaten a woman with you don't want to die alone because all that's doing is putting more and more fear and panic and urgency into her heart so that she can crawl back inside the lion's mouth on a dating app that's what that's doing Mm -hmm. it's a threat and i don't take lightly to threats yeah
1: no you do not i love that powerful powerful (laughs) and what 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 you were saying made me think cuz like you are coming and you sound so powerful and like you are talking about your life exactly how i want to talk about my life which is like i have all these accomplishments i am successful all this stuff and i still feel like when you talk about your life that way as a single woman in society that's like oh you're just jaded you're just trying to you're still just trying to find things like to make you happy until you like have a partner you know it's like no i'm happy and successful it's like okay okay and it's like i i don't know why that response of being proud of the life that you made by yourself and like the success that you have still gets the response of like okay yeah that's what you're telling yourself Mm -hmm. you know like you just sound bitter because you don't have someone yet and I don't really get that
2: I don't get it either but I don't give a shit what people think the life that I am living Mm -hmm. does not have any impact on me they're not living my life and I'm not living my life for them I'm not existing to make other people happy. I'm not existing for other people's approval. They aren't at home with me right now. I am. This is my life, and I don't have to live it in service of convincing other people of its validity or convincing other people of its happiness. And a couple things are happening there. One, obviously, someone else has a very, um, I mean, you can go ahead and use the word jaded there. Somebody else has a very jaded view of singlehood. Maybe they're afraid of singlehood themselves, or maybe they just haven't ask themselves the question, what is really so bad about singlehood anyway? I guarantee you they haven't done any work in the singlehood space at all for whatever reason. So that's their limitation, not yours. And I think when we internalize those messages and have them shrink us down and make us feel terrible and take away our self-worth, that's work that we have to do because that's a choice. To let somebody else dictate how you're going to feel, that's your choice. And it's something that you also have the choice to work on. And I'm not saying that you can just, like, snap your fingers and stop caring about what other people think. We're human beings, and I grew up in the 90s. Obviously, I care about what other people think. (laughs) But, like, you can practice giving less of a shit. That's for sure. Remember that they're not living your life. They have Their opinions have nothing to do with your life. Those opinions that they have aren't solving any problems for you. They're not paying any bills for you. They're not introducing you to any potential partners. That's for goddamn sure. They don't have to matter. They don't have to matter.
1: Uh, it's such like an empty comment, exactly what you're saying. It's like you providing judgment doesn't also provide me with anything. You know, like you're not giving a solution of sorts. So it doesn't make any sense.
0: Something I'm wondering is something that we actually had listeners ask about is how you can be sexually empowered while single, whether you're like sleeping with somebody or not whether you're, you know, hooking up with other people or not and regardless of experience level because the questions that we're getting are like I don't have a lot of dating or sexual experience. Like how can I still mm-hmm. be sexually empowered or empowered in my singleness?
2: I mean, that's one of the hardest questions anyone's ever asked me and I've been on a lot of podcasts <laughs> because intimacy and sex are so individual and so unique to you. And it kind of, nobody wants to hear the answer that I have to give you because, um, when I tell you to have less sex, that sounds terrible, right? Like we don't have less sex. We don't have all the sex in the world. We're single. We're free. We can have all the sex in the world. Can you, is it making you feel good? Is it making you feel in your worth? If it's not, if the sex you're having is not making you feel empowered, my suggestion is to have less of it. And no one likes that answer, but it's the one I'm going to give you, maybe, if nothing else, for the sake of variety. Um, you don't have to have sex if when you do, it takes something away from you. Because I don't think that's what sex is for. I think sex is there to, to give us so much And the physical part of it is only one aspect, especially for women. There's just, there are so many wonderful emotional possibilities that are involved in sex of all kinds. And there's just so much good that can come from sex. And it hurts my heart when we have sex that gives us nothing, that only takes. So my solution is if I am not getting everything that I need from my sexual life, I simply have less sex. And that's where I take my empowerment back. And I also think that those things can change over time. I wouldn't have considered myself demisexual in the past, even though I probably was. I just didn't know the term. I didn't know my own sexual needs. And as I've matured through my singlehood, I've understood sex without some sort of emotional connection to the human being is going to feel really not good. For me, I, I describe it as like, you know, when you have like a Diet Coke and it goes flat. Mm-hmm. That's what <laughs> sex feels like when I don't care about you. It's like, why? Why bother? It's not worth the calories. Like, <laughs> it's just not. Um, so even if you don't like my answer, even if having less sex makes me sound like a prude to you or, or whatever, I, I really don't care. It's what's worked for me. Mm-hmm. Not having sex that I know is going to be unfulfilling fulfills me. Yeah.
1: that's just as much of a choice as like to find empowerment from having sex. There's Mm -hmm. not just one option where you have to be empowered through sex and sexual experiences. You can be empowered Mm -hmm. through the choice of not and really sitting with that.
0: I want to follow up a little bit more. So something I've always been insecure about is just like my lack of experience. Like I have not slept with a lot of people. I have not dated a lot of people at all. And so, I mean, I am with somebody now. But before that, it's like that was just something that weighed really heavily on me and made me feel embarrassed. Like I didn't like to talk about Um, my dating experience or, like, my sexual experiences because it just, like, it felt like I didn't have enough to be valid or, like, Mm -hmm. why don't people like me? Why aren't people interested in me? And there was just, like, a lot wrapped up in that. Can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about the shame around, like, lack of experience?
2: Yeah. I can. And, listen, I get really mad at the world really quickly for all the different ways it, it finds to shame us um, like, are you not tired yet? Are you not sick of varying kinds of shame yet? Could we give respect a try maybe a little approval? I don't know. (laughs) Get crazy. I just, I can't handle the, the variety of shame that we socially give to each other. It's like, if you fuck too many people, we'll shame you. If you don't fuck enough, people will shame you. If we don't like who you're fucking, we'll shame you. Um, and that's just from a, cis het perspective we have all kinds of other shame to talk about if we'd like um oh yeah that's a really that's a deeply painful question for me to answer because i can't fix it i can't take away people's shame that's that's why i do a lot of what i do is i can't sit with people who are in pain because of shame and not help like it that's that's my purpose in the world is to help people relieve themselves of shame that they don't deserve and I don't care if you have slept with one person or 50. It doesn't matter. The term body count can die in a fire immediately. I cannot <laughs> stand that when I come across it. And I didn't ever know that that was a thing until I got on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, shame people. Great. Um, it's terrible. It's private. It's your business. Sex is, I love that we talk about it. And I love that we are in many ways shedding shame around sex. But another thing that I want to remind people is that your sex life belongs to you. It is private to you. You don't have to put it on display to impress people. You don't have to put it on display to validate people. Um, I'm really tired of how many different ways we have found to shame each other over brunch. Like It's just not anyone's business. Your sexual activity, your sexual past, your sexual future, like none of it is anyone's business. It really isn't. And we've, we've sort of created this culture where we have to talk about sex all the time, or we're not cool. We have to have sex all the time, or we're not cool. Um, I see a lot more coolness in somebody remembering that they are allowed to maintain privacy where they need to, that their sexual life is no one else's business if they don't want it to be. Um, I, I find privacy very sexy. I find something existing only between two people to be very, very sexy. Um, like, you're damn right you don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing, and we're the only ones who know what we're doing, and we happen to get off on that, and I don't care what you get off on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not right that you were ever made to feel lacking because of a lack of experience or a lack of partners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not right that that was ever put on anyone right. because your sexual story in all of its chapters only belongs to you. And it was only ever meant to belong to you. It was always meant to be something very unique that you came like what I believe is like your soul came here to experience what your soul came to experience and your sexual story is part of that. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed to be incredibly unique to you. And every, every chapter of it gets to be perfect. Mm -hmm. No one gets to steal your sexual story from you or make it feel less than, or make it feel shameful. No one gets to do that. I really don't like shame that has been imposed on people sexually or, or from a single perspective or a dating perspective or in relationship or in divorce. Like I really don't like the extremely casual ways we shame each other. That's not, that doesn't work for me. I don't know if that answered your question at all, I, it but did. I, I, okay. All right.
0: Yeah. And I really like the way that you phrased that. I mean, In this space in particular, like on this podcast, Emma and I do share a lot about our sex lives and that feels empowering to us. And like I know for me specifically, sharing intimate details of my relationship with my partner feels empowering to me because I never felt like I could do it before. But I think it's important to remind people that that might not feel empowering to you and if it doesn't, then it doesn't and that's okay. Like We don't all have to be the exact same and like there are other sex podcasts out there They talk about sex very differently than Emma and I do. And if that's what feels empowering to them, that's great. But it didn't feel empowering to us. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And then my follow-up question again, sorry, (laughs) is so if we're not focusing on finding somebody to sleep with or finding somebody to date, like this may be an obvious answer, but like where should we be putting our energy?
2: Anywhere you want. Anywhere you want. Literally anywhere you want that that's another cruelty that the world plays upon singles, that the only thing we're allowed to give a shit about is dating. Mm -hmm. You get to give a shit about everything else, everything else. And I Mm -hmm. guarantee you one of those everything else is how you'll meet a partner. I can't, I cannot with this like soul focus on dating and you're only allowed to give a shit about dating until you find someone. And we just prove it to singles over and over and over again. Every app created for singles is about dating every show that features single people is about everything reiterates to us that the only thing that should matter to us partnered is dating there is a whole world of stuff that you get to give a shit about and it's all really fun and beautiful and relaxing and joyous and restorative and full of community and like oh my god there's so much that you could get into like I mean yeah the the world is literally your oyster and I get very upset when I remember how much society has shrunken down a single person's aperture so that you can only look through light the size of a pinhole. That's, that's all we're allowed. Mm-hmm. Until you're partnered, you can't really live. Right. You can only worry about finding a partner until you find one. You, you don't get to do everything that everyone else gets to do until you find a partner. Until then, you don't get to do anything. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. Stop dating and do everything else. Like is dating fun? Is this fun for people? Are you enjoying? I guarantee you, you're not. I'm on TikTok too. I see people bitching about this all day, every day. And I'm tired of just bitching. If you are just bitching about dating apps, if you are just bitching about dating, you even as a single person are part of the problem. Stop bitching and do something about it. Stop dating and start living. Then I'll be happy. Maybe. I don't Maybe know. you're I'm giving like, me like
1: yeah. chills all over my body. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, where would you start then? Like, I'm someone that's been single now for a year and a half, and I've I've really have enjoyed being alone and like pursuing things that just make me happy. But I'm also like a hopeless romantic in the way that I always daydream about who I'm gonna start dating or who my next partner will be, and I can let that creep in. And like bring me down. And I don't wanna do that because I do love being alone and I love what comes with being alone sometimes. So, where do we start or how do we pull ourselves back out if we feel this like poor
2: me, I'm single way? Stay a hopeless romantic. Stay that way. That's not something that's wrong with you. If it's making you feel bad, that's the point that you need to dig into. And I, my expertise will only go so far. A therapist will go way further and everyone knows this at this point, but there are other modalities of growth work that I think can also help you dig into the point at which that romanticism makes you feel bad because that's where the lack comes in because I see nothing wrong with being a romantic. I see nothing wrong with romantic fantasy or sexual fantasy. Danielle still built an empire on that very thing. Like why there's, there's nothing wrong with it. I find that delightful. If that's part of you, that's amazing. But where it's dragging you down, a switch is flipping from delight and into lack. Mm -hmm. And you're not lacking anything. Um, The first place I tell anyone to start, regardless of what's making them feel bad about being alone or bad about their singlehood, the first place I tell anyone to start is community because you're not by yourself, but we feel like we are. There are, that's why my podcast has a Facebook group because I wanted to bring people together so they could talk to each other because my voice gets monotonous after a while. They talk to each other, they support each other, they lift each other up. It is like one, it's like the one corner of Facebook that isn't demonic. It's it's gorgeous. (laughs) It's like so light and supportive. And like, we just share photos of pets and plants and single serving cheese boards. It's fantastic. (laughs) But like whatever community means to you, find it. Um, And we have to, in my opinion, look beyond just our friend groups because our friend groups are amazing and they're valuable and I love them. But they're the – our single friends have a hole in the bucket because they're going to keep partnering up one after the other. And then they will get married one after the other. And then they will have babies one after the other and they will never see them again until their kids are 16. Parents will be fucking fun, like – take them to Cabo. That's going to be a trip. (laughs) But for now, you have to find ways to always be replenishing, if you want, replenishing your community full of people. Because first of all, it's just a great way to make new solid friends. It's also a way to stop feeling like you're the last one standing. You're never the last one standing. You're just the last one standing out of everyone you know. And that makes you feel bad and like a failure and isolated. And what's wrong with me? Why did they meet somebody and I didn't? We don't partner because we're perfect. We partner because of chance, luck, timing, the universe, God, whatever you call it. Um, and everyone's timeline is different. But you, it, when you can find community and, and like, variety in community, it just makes you feel less alone and gives you things to do and look forward to And you're, I mean, it sounds bitchy, but, like, your life is as empty as you allow it to be. Because mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, I just don't have anybody, I'm all by myself, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well have you tried? Have you tried anything to connect, to reach out, to explore? And even if you're not meeting new people, are you meeting new hobbies? Are you meeting new avenues of education? Are you are you like developing yourself in whatever? Like it's such a funny topic because dating is just one thing and the world is all the things. It's like at this point in, in like my discussion of singlehood, I'm like Anything. You do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it, it makes me mad because singles aren't told that that's allowed. So thank you for having me on your podcast to tell to tell more of them that, that they get to do anything.
1: Yeah. Well, you forget about that. I mean, we talk so much about sex and relationships, which I love having at the center of my world. Like, it's amazing. But you forget, like, meeting people and experiencing your life is more sometimes it's even more than just making friends. It's more, it's like about going out and trying things on your own, finding new hobbies, learning, you know, and you forget all of that or you can when you get really wrapped up in like what you're lacking, like you're saying.
0: Something that came up for me in all of that was are romantic relationships inherently, like, more important than our friendships and our relationships with our family? Like, is my romantic relationship with my partner inherently more important than my relationship with Emma or my relationship with my mom or my relationship with my sister? Because I definitely feel like I'm told it has to be. Like, I have to pick my partner above anybody else, even though, you know, I entered this partnership with so many other people. Like, who I've had for a lot longer, and I I love my partner. I'm marrying my partner. And does it always have to be the most important relationship in my entire life?
2: Of course not. But how would you know that? (laughs) Because always, always ever been raised like something that serves society, and that is the continuation of society. So how does society keep going? People partner, make babies and then into infinity until we ruin the planet because we're terrible to our environment. That's just where things are going. So, of course, we've been taught and groomed to prioritize romantic love and romantic relationships over everything else because that keeps society going. But, like, I don't see us suffering from a population problem. I don't know about you. I feel like we are ready (laughs) as a globe to balance the... um, value of a multitude of relationships and it might feel a little awkward at first to think do I value my relationship with my parents as much as I value my relationship with my partner or do I value my relationship with my friends as much as I value my relationship with my partner because we can feel like in balancing that out we're diminishing the value of the romantic relationship but we're not we're just finding balance and I see balance as a very very healthy way to move through life not just in terms of relationships but in so many different ways um the idea that we ever had to prioritize romantic love over everything was just serving something that wasn't us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can have value to whatever relationships that you want. And and this is for whether you're in a partnership or single. That balance is one of the things that's going to help you feel better about being single. Because when you have put all your validity eggs in the relationship basket and you don't have a relationship, you're not going to feel very valid. But when you've spread them out more and you understand I am a daughter i am a sister i am a cousin i am a coworker i am a manager i am um i'm a workout buddy i am like someone's yoga bestie like i go to church and i'm a member of that whatever it is um the that balance alleviates so much of the pressure to find that romantic relationship mm-hmm. to complete yourself because with more balance you don't feel incomplete so yeah i think there needs to be more more spreading out, and uh, realistic distribution across relationships. Because I don't know about you, I would find it very intimidating if my partner was like, you are the most important thing to me, nobody else matters. That's terrifying. I'm, I'm hiding under the bed at that point. Like, I cannot be, I cannot be the only thing in your life. I can't, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's not for me. Because you're not going to be the only thing in mind, just mm-hmm. letting you know. Like, there's no they're just, there can be more balance. That's not to say that it's not wonderful and glorious and love feels incredible. I'm not lying about that. Like it's not, I will never diminish how good love feels, but I will tell you that I think we've overvalued partnership and the way partnership feels and the importance of partnership in life. And I just think it can be a bit more balanced and we might all feel a little bit better about moving through life and relationships. Mm
1: -hmm. That example of like eggs in your basket to kind of puts like a picture in my head of one being single and like saying like seven of my 10 eggs are in finding another partner. And so it's like, of course that would diminish what like that'd make me feel like my values diminished. And then with people who are in relationships, if seven of their 10 are in their relationship and say that they're fighting or something goes wrong, or you don't think this partnership's going to work out, I'm sure that could make you feel like you're now a failure as a person existing. Um, so I feel like there is a way to keep the value of your partnership high and be like, you are the person I'm committing to, while also realizing that your value as a human being can be spread out mm-hmm. more. Spread your damn eggs.
0: Spread your like damn spread eggs. spread your legs, but yeah.
1: spread your eggs. Spread your <laughs>
0: eggs.
1: Well, you also brought up something um, a few minutes ago, too. I can't remember the exact saying, but it reminded me of other sayings that I feel like single people are told over and over again. And I don't really know what cycle it's trying to perpetuate, but like you can't love someone until you love yourself first, like completely, or you can't accept someone or what was the other one? Um, It'll happen when you least expect it. Like what do those... It's like almost like it's trying to make you focus on yourself, but it's also making you feel really shitty at the same time. Focusing on yourself so that you can be better for someone else. So I'm like, I would love your opinion on those.
2: Everybody listen to me very clearly and indicate the time that I said this. So you can scroll back 30 seconds and listen again. Dating advice is never about the person it's being given to. It is only ever about the person that is giving it. They want to sound smart. They want to be right They maybe want to feel superior. They are pulling something out of their ass and using it to define your next action. I don't have a lot of respect for that because are you psychic? (laughs) Do you know where my partner is hiding? If so, for fuck's sake, speak up (laughs) more clearly than you just did. Like... Dating advice is horseshit. Every piece of dating advice is horseshit. And you know how I know? a piece of dating advice is the exact opposite. And you'll usually hear it from the same motherfucker just six months later. I can't. I can't with dating advice. I cannot. It has nothing to do with you. Dating advice has nothing to do with you. It's about someone else not understanding why someone they love, why someone who is beautiful and kind and smart and funny is single. They don't know why either. And it frustrates them too, because they want you to be happy too. And they don't know why. So they cling to whatever dumbass piece of dating advice they've heard. And they're like, oh, that must be it, because it doesn't make sense. I can't figure this out. You're right. It doesn't make sense. So instead of giving somebody bullshit dating advice that doesn't mean anything, just say, this is really frustrating for you. I see that. I wish this wasn't happening. Let me know how I can be there for you. Instead of giving somebody bullshit, ask how you can be there for them and supportive, genuinely supportive, not directive. Mm. I hope that answered your question because now I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely did. And it reminded me of that part in um, He's Just Not That Into You, where You know, you go to your friend and they give you all of these excuses like, oh, he just like didn't have his phone on him or Mm -hmm. he wasn't able to call you back. But that only perpetuates this like, "Okay, so I'm still just like waiting for him to notice me or them to find me appealing or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just saying like, that sucked. Let's do something else. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Who fucking cares? Or but exactly that, like need to have advice that is. Like corrective. Or in action, and it just doesn't help when you're like, oh, just like try not to think about it because it'll happen when you least expect it, or oh, for fuck's sake, start all that shit. Like, it's just, I don't always need an action when you're giving me advice. I just need you to hear me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me it's gonna happen 10 months from now, all you tarot card readers, because yeah. it never does. <laughs> and it's been I, 10 months, it's been 10 months, and I don't wanna <laughs> hear that. Like, I don't wanna focus on that.
2: There's a reason why this is frustrating and that's because you're not doing anything wrong when you're not doing anything wrong. When you're simply existing in the world as yourself and someone tells you you're existing wrong and you're keeping yourself single by the way you exist, that's going to feel bad. It's bullshit, but it's going to make you feel bad because we're not doing anything wrong. All we're doing is being alive And someone's telling us that we're being alive wrong. And that's what's keeping us from love. And that person needs to answer to me. (laughs) Because that's a cruelty (laughs) that they are imparting on single people. Mm -hmm. I don't appreciate it. I don't appreciate it. That's why I talk about this stuff the way that I do. Because being gentle isn't working. Bitching isn't working. And there is too much change that could happen if we would all participate in it that could help single women feel really good. So that's why I talk about this stuff the way that I do because looking at the snow globe isn't doing anything. I wanna shake that motherfucker until it breaks <laughs> because I'm tired. I am tired of single women feeling f- faulty and shameful and pathetic and sad and wrong when they're staring at a beautiful single valid life. They're just not living it because they don't think they have permission to.
0: In all of that, in the dating advice, like it's so clear now that you've explained it that like we're still equating happiness with partnership like that is I feel like the connection that we keep making but I may sound like a total cunt when I say this I have yet to see another relationship that I would want like I think it is so (laughs) fucking rare to see people who are actually happy I'm gonna be honest I wouldn't pick my relationship the first couple of years or like the middle years especially I've been with him for five years there were a couple years in there when I wouldn't pick that relationship but we've worked our asses Mm -hmm. off and I would pick the relationship I'm in now But holy shit, I don't think I've seen another relationship. And I'm so sorry to all the people that I love. I love you and I hope you're happy. But I wouldn't pick anybody else's relationship.
2: And I feel like it just truly is so rare. I've seen two that I would want. But in reality, no, because both of them have children and I'm child free by choice. (laughs) Um, I consider John Legend and Chrissy Teigen to be a relationship Mm -hmm. that looks like a great time. Like that looks fun to me. That Mm -hmm. looks great to me. Also, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. I was just going to say Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. You can't tell me they're not having a good time. Mm -hmm. So those two relationships, as far as the dynamics that we are permitted to see as members of the public, those look great. And there are bits and pieces of those relationships that I would like to take into mine and have in mind. Although if they're not there, fine. Something more tailored to me will exist and that will be great. But I think there are awesome relationships that we can use as, as examples, for sure. Um, they all have uh, they all have kids. That I don't want, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want any of that. But um, yeah, there are there are examples of happy relationships. There have to be. Mm-hmm. There have to be happy relationships for us to see. Because if not, why the fuck are we even trying? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are, what exactly do we want? If all we ever see is unhappy relationships, like why would I want that? <laughs> I want to see people happy. Mm-hmm. I want to see people happy all the time. I want to see people in love all the time. I want to see people meet all the time. It's not a jealousy thing. It's a possibility thing. And you get to change the way you view other people's happiness. Mm-hmm.
1: That's exactly it too. I feel like it's not a jealousy thing. It's like, I just want it the way I want it. And I want to mm-hmm. come in happy and full being myself already, not having had this like self-deprecating last year because I've been spending it single. It's like, but I don't wanna be in a relationship yet. Mm-hmm. So like, I shouldn't be upset about that or be viewed. Like I'm using that as a band aid for like a reason why I can't have a relationship yet or I haven't found someone yet. It's like, oh. I loved it. Oh.
0: And I do believe in love. I will say that. Yeah. I don't. I didn't mean that.
1: I just meant that like, I
0: don't think relationships equal happiness. And I did used to think that before I got into my relationship. And then I was like, so why is everything not perfect? Like, why am I not immediately mm-hmm. happy? Why do I not love my body now? Like, why is everything not fixed? And it's like, because that didn't fix fucking anything. All to it meant your is eggs. Like, I need to spread my eggs. <laughs> I just now I just have this other person who also is bringing in these issues who I love So much I could never even put it into words. Mm -hmm. And it didn't fix everything. We still had to fix things ourselves and together. And it's just like, I just don't think relationships equal happiness. So it's shitty that we're shoving that down everyone's throat so that they're looking for this thing. And then when they get it, it's like, why?
1: Yeah, it's like, why am I here? (laughs) So I just wasted the time I could have been spent, like, exploring the world and myself, mm-hmm. thinking about something else, because everyone told me to, and now I'm here, and it's not what I expected, and now I'm sad that I don't have those years or year back of mm-hmm. being single, where I just enjoyed myself. Like, <laughs> this is so dramatic, but I'm going to say it anyways. I was on a plane, and the... Um, pilot was like, all right, everyone like lock in because there's actually like a lot more turbulence. So like everyone has to stay seated and like buckle up. And I was like, if I go down, I go down. And then we actually hit turbulence. And I was (laughs) like, the first thought in my head was like, I'm sad that I spent more time being sad than I needed to be, Mm -hmm. especially like lately, like that's for different reasons. And you're allowed to be sad if you want to. But there's also things that I feel like I hyper focused on as a single woman. And it's like, why was I spending so much time being sad about that? There's no need to. Mm -hmm. So it was like a weird epiphany when I thought I might die. (laughs) You're like, I'm ready for the turbulence. (laughs) I'm ready. Just give it to me. And then I was like, wait, I'm sad. I don't want to be sad anymore. I I don't know. Sometimes it takes things to realize how you're viewing your own life Mm -hmm. and how you want to be actually viewing it.
2: I don't know. Mm -hmm. And you get to choose how you view it and how you live it. You don't have to do it the way that you were taught or the way that you were shown. You get to pick it, mm-hmm. and the—I mean, you guys are already—you're doing a lot better than you think because I—I I was in that spot you were in for a decade, without like waking the fuck up and realizing oh, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? So you're already doing great. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I That's the that, real reason I take
1: you that on. really personally. So I appreciate it because <laughs> I know you'd yell at me if I wasn't.
2: So <laughs> with a lot of love. With a lot yell, of love. I can't. Constructive yell. I I mean I wish I could yell at single people. I wish I could yell at single women, but that's not my style because I don't want to hurt their feelings more than the world has already done. Right. So I try to approach things from a much more constructive, healthy way. But there are times when I want to scream at the single collective, like, really? Really with shit? We're still paying bumble money? Really? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) So are you not a fan of dating apps? Like do you feel like all that is bullshit?
2: Oh, oh Christ. No, I deleted my dating apps three years ago and I have never, here's, here's the kicker. I deleted them three years ago and I've never even wanted to redownload them. That's the difference. Because we've all deleted a thousand times and redownloaded a thousand times because we feel compelled to, we feel like we're not doing enough to solve our singlehood. Um, But I deleted them three years ago and I never wanted to get them back ever. Because I asked myself, what's really happening here? And the dynamic became very clear. Dating apps are incentivized for me to stay single as long as possible because that's how they make more money, right? They don't want you to, to find someone. They don't get your money anymore. After that, when you recognize that dynamic, it becomes a lot easier to be like, okay, now I know why these suck so much. Now I know why there are consequences for bad behavior. Now I know why there are no protections available for people on dating apps. They don't care. They just want to throw as many people in the pool as possible get their money and keep them in that pool as long as possible. That's what's actually happening. I asked myself how the dating apps were actually serving me. What were they adding to my life for all of my time and all of my money? What were they giving to me? And in 10 years of using every dating app under the sun, they had never given me even one relationship. Not one. And when I could really take a hard look at it and ask myself what are they giving me? It was only bad things. And I was choosing to put myself there. So now they don't get any of my money. They don't get any of my time. And I got literally everything in return. As soon as I deleted the dating apps, I launched my podcast. I started writing my book. I started building my career. Like you couldn't pay me enough. to, to Tinder. There's no, under no circumstances because I've seen how good life is without it. I, and To everyone who's like, but then how will I meet someone? Are you meeting someone now? (laughs) Is it working now?
1: (laughs) Is it working now?
2: (laughs) No. Has it ever? How many years has your right thumb been trying? How long do you want to give it? How much of your adulthood do you want to swipe away? Mm -hmm. Every Everybody has to ask themselves that. And that's another reason why I think we need to see examples of people meeting in every other way possible and being happy in every other way possible because we have convinced ourselves that the only way people meet now is on dating apps. And that's just simply not true.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I, I've i never had an attraction to the dating apps. Like I've had it and I've downloaded you I'm just thinking about all the scary
0: people you get on your. Oh, yeah. And you can take that out if you want because I know it's mean. But, like, when I was thinking about what those, like, apps give you, it's just scary people. And that's why you're, like, they make you stay on. They're like, look for the not scary person. Look for the (laughs) not scary person. Weed through.
1: Yeah. And I've just, like, never found motivation to actually give effort But I've kept it on my phone as like, yeah, but this is me trying. Like, this is me. Like, if anyone asks, I've tried. But it's like, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to meet anyone. I don't want to go on a date. Like, I got one date months ago from it. And I was so unexcited to be there and like to go on it. I was like, I don't even want to do this. But I feel like maybe that's just nerves. Or I can listen to my Mm -hmm. body and be like, no, I don't want
2: a fucking date right now. Like, Mm -hmm. that's why. (laughs) So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do and you are allowed to meet the right people for you anyway. Dating is not a prerequisite for partnership. I like I like that. You're thinking in your heads, how many people do I know that met without dating? How many people do you know that met at work? How many people do you know that met from friends? How many people do you know at the fucking gym or on an airplane? Dating is not a prerequisite for partnership.
1: Oh, I would kill to not have to date ever and I just I'm someone that you don't have doesn't to. like to so I would love that I would so love don't that. I won't <laughs> I would love to find a partner eventually without having to date
2: Ugh. do you know how many people meet on the street like the one outside do you know how many people just meet outside like it's <laughs> dig into it dig into it there is an infinite number of ways that people meet it is infinite it is not, hi- your husband is not hiding inside your phone. If you take nothing else away from listening to me, your husband is not that's... hiding inside your phone. Go outside. Go down to the street <laughs> right now, Emma. <laughs> take a camera. <laughs> Record it. Record
0: it.
1: Not this street. Yeah, no. I don't oh think they're on God. this street. But <laughs> that's so, that that hits differently when you're saying it like that too. Because it's like, it makes it so much bigger than I feel it like, you know, it's like, oh, you're trying to date. But it's like, actually, the person for you isn't hiding in your phone. It could be in your office. It could be sitting right next to me. (laughs) Uh, Not this office. I was like, hello. Are you trying to say something? We'll talk later. We'll talk off air.
0: This is private. Remember? Some things are private. Some
1: things are private. But I just, you open up a world, I feel like, for people who are dating or struggling with dating to really romanticize their own life first and put themselves out there however they want to. And I Mm -hmm. love everything that you've said so far. It makes me very happy.
2: I'm glad. And listen, put yourself out in the world to be out in the world, not just to meet someone. Don't make your whole life about finding a partner Make your life about living. The happiness follows very, very easily after that, I promise. I know it sounds insane to someone who's single, or especially someone's been single a very long time or later in life than they thought they would be. Trying less sounds terrifying to that person. I understand. I lived that for a decade. Um, but I feel really confident in telling you to live your life for the pleasure of living your life because I know how quickly happiness follows after. Mm-hmm. It always delivers. It delivers in a way that dating effort never has to. Dating is one area of life where effort never has to match reward, ever. There's no other area of life that works the same, except for maybe gambling. Um, if you want to learn a new language, you study and you learn it. If you want to get promoted at work, you you know put a plan in place with your manager, you work toward it, and eventually, yeah, you're probably going to get promoted. If you want to find a new apartment to live in, you look and then you find one. I was dating fruitlessly for 10 years. Can you imagine looking for an apartment for 10 years and not finding one? You would go batshit insane. Mm-hmm. God. But God. we keep thinking, if we just keep trying and keep trying, keep trying. But dating, does the effort you put into dating never has to be rewarded with a partnership. So you might as well just live life fully and allow the right relationships for you to come into your life when they're meant to. Mm-hmm.
1: See, that sounds like the healthy, real version of it'll happen when you least expect it. But mm-hmm. this isn't actually beneficial and you centered you know it's like Mm -hmm. such a better way to explain it than fucking cheesy lines that you've been hearing for years and years and years Mm
2: -hmm. I love it is there I mean I hope so I literally do this for a living so I really hope that that's (laughs) better yes
1: it is did you have anything uh no do you is there anything else about singlehood that you would love to touch on
2: I think we've we've talked about so much. I just want people to know that there is support available. There are options available for single people who are unhappy that do not focus on dating, and you don't have to. When you stop focusing on dating, that does not mean you are giving up. That means you are taking care of yourself, and you are allowed to do that without being a failure, without, um, you know, without being an embarrassment. With, I mean. You're not fucking up the rest of your life by putting yourself first, by prioritizing your mental health, your well being. And I hope that I have created a book, a podcast, and a community and now a fucking TikTok um, that will help you that will help you feel better. That's what I hope I've done. I
0: Beautiful. love it. This all reminds me of a real life, way cooler version of the singles club in New Girl. <laughs> Single and sufficient. Yeah, yeah, single and sufficient. (laughs) Yeah. And their goal is not to date. Their goal is to keep each other single. Yeah. (laughs) It's hilarious. So it's different. It's different, but it's the same. But I think
2: it's important to bring up.
0: Mm -hmm. Where can our listeners continue to connect with you after this episode?
2: I'm very easy to find. Shani Silver is incredibly Googleable. Um I have a website. I have a TikTok. I have an Instagram. I have a book on Amazon. I have a podcast on Patreon. And all of those things are linked on shaneysilver.com.
1: I don't hate love. And
0: I want that to be, uh, I love my partner and I don't hate love.
1: Yes, but we understood your point. You just mm-hmm. were making it emphatically, yeah. which is important. That's all I do. Because it was a good conversation where it was mm-hmm. like, Damn it. Damn it. I did talk to my
0: partner about it after, too. Uh-huh. Um, one, as forewarning. And two, <laughs> as like a, hey, were you, would you even pick our relationship from the beginning? And he was like, fuck no. Like, yeah. no, that's not what I went into the relationship wanting. But mm-hmm. what we have now is what we went into the relationship wanting. So choose wisely. What
1: do you, what do you mean? Like, um, when you're talking about prioritizing, like you're saying, would you have picked?
0: I mean, just the... I did not find happiness in our relationship. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Like I think I for a really long time I convinced myself that like the that was happiness. Like finding somebody that was like the ultimate goal. Um like whatever career I wanted, like whatever, it doesn't matter. If I don't have a partner Um, And so then when I got into a relationship And I was like okay so why am I not perfectly happy Like why do I not love my body Why am I not the most confident bitch in the world Uh And it's like because you didn't work through any of your shit And so it's like we would get in fights And I was still having all my issues And he was still having all of his issues And so it was just like not the healthiest happiest relationship Right By any measure But now that as we've like worked on ourselves as individuals Like we should have when we were single Mm -hmm. um, We've created a really beautiful relationship but it took a lot we've had a lot of really scary fights a lot of like crying and like shitty things i hate when people say like from all the ups and downs i I fucking hate when people say that (laughs) on social media i'm sorry because i'm sure 99 of the people listening have because i think it's pretty common i'm sure i posted it at some point but i just don't like when people say that i don't know why
2: but through all the ups and downs (laughs) (laughs) but i digress
0: through all the ups and downs i don't know i just like i would pick it now But that's because I had to work really fucking hard because I didn't,
1: when I was single, like work on myself or just focus on myself or be fucking happy. Or choose yourself Mm -hmm. technically. Like, I think that was Shaney's main point. It's that it's not that whole message of like, you have to love yourself or it'll happen when you least expect Mm -hmm. it. It's like the whole, just choose yourself first Mm -hmm. to live your fucking life. And then yeah, maybe you'll find someone within your interests. But like, find your interests. Yes. <laughs> go yes. fucking rock climbing, or go. I I know I keep bringing it up. I go, oh, please. I like it outside of cute boys who also like it. Oh, I thought you were gonna bring up my activity that I'm gonna start doing. I wasn't going to, but oh. you can. Do you want to find tell? somebody
0: in adult gymnastics? And
1: find someone in adult gymnastics. That's where I'm gonna find your next lover. That's. I. <laughs> Hope, my next lover, is not somewhere in a leotard. I'm gonna say that right now. (laughs) That's so rude. To every person in a leotard right now. (laughs) Even you. Currently I'm currently wearing one under my jeans. (laughs) She actually just came from practice. (laughs) Were you tumbling today? (laughs) Yes. No, I
0: wasn't, I'm on my period. I'm starting in a week.
1: Oh my God, this is funny. Okay, I cannot wait for your recital performance. I don't know. The way I do it, it's going to be a fucking <laughs> rock show. be <It's> a <laughs> rock show. Uh, I, yeah, I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited for this episode. So thank you, Shani, for being here uh, today. And thank you to our listeners. I'm excited for you to meet somebody rock climbing. <laughs> maybe I will.
0: Maybe I won't. I think they're in a leotard right now. I think. Think, think, think.
1: Um. I. <laughs> do you want to ask if they want to leave a review um, or... If they don't they have feel to, like I it, guess. you
0: don't have to. You're single. You're, single. you're sufficient. Yeah. Like, do your shit. Um, I mean, you could leave a review. Yeah, leave a review of your favorite hobby yeah. or a hobby what? that you're interested in trying. And if it's gymnastics, That's great. Cute. I'll reach out to you.
1: <laughs> you guys <have> start <laughs> a fucking And we'll start club.
0: tumbling together.
1: Great. Leave the little gymnast <laughs> if you yeah. leave a review <laughs> along with your hobby, yeah. and we'll get it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All I'm right. gonna be the little gymnast. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna convince
1: you you're gonna want to do it too i i hurt my neck in gymnastics and i don't want to go back
0: you hurt your neck from getting pulled off the bleachers
1: i did and then i strained it further doing gymnastics
0: because i wasn't ready to go back yet (laughs) i wasn't healed maybe you should wear a neck brace and then you can do gymnastics (laughs) gymnastics. hello i'm here but i cannot do anything (laughs) i'm emma i can't do a somersault i need to keep my (laughs) spine completely vertical i have scoliosis i know it might help who knows maybe it would okay well i'll see you next week at gymnastics (laughs) okay Okay. Bye. bye